And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgan's founder of Marknology, here as today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce, Amazon, entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about all the things to be thinking about as an owner, as you plan for the long game strategies, whether it's e-commerce or just for founders in general. Um, before we get started, a shout out to today's sponsor, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Today's guest is a friend, a colleague um, in the Amazon space. We spoke back to back at Prosper. Uh, we've just become uh, quick friends uh, over a short period of time, but I think uh, we got a lot more in store. We'll both be at ASGTG. He'll be speaking there as well. So I'm, I'm more than honored to have him on the show. Manny Hoffman, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, I could mimic the words that you just said. Um, we, we got to know each other pretty, pretty relatively uh, just a couple of weeks or maybe a month or two, but I feel I know you forever. Yeah, we, we've shared podcasts, we've shared the stage, we've like, you know, we're doing all the things. So this is a very small community of, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a, a booming industry, but a small community. Um, are you in Brooklyn? Are you in yes. Jersey? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Brooklyn's one of my favorite cities. Uh, so getting invited to come out to ASGCG, I was like, yeah, no problem. I'm coming. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but before that we have an important topic today, like the topic is long game strategies for e-commerce and Amazon. But before we get into maybe just that specific title and what that can, what that can, um, mean for sellers, anyone listening, let's talk about you. And uh, everyone, all my listeners know this is kind of what I do. I love, um, because whether you're into Amazon or e-commerce or not, what we all have in common is we all have a story and we all have a why and we all have a, a, a brand, a personal brand. Way before we get to a, you know, a business brand, we have a personal brand. Um, where, did you, where did you kind of get started? Were you a kid, when you were a kid, did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Was it mm-hmm. like something you fell into? For me, it was definitely something that I fell into. Uh, just out of passion and just was like chasing the e-commerce. I wanted to know everything about it. So before long, I had a business. I never really saw myself that way. But a lot of people, their stories start with like, you know, a lot of businesses before they get here. Where's your story start? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked. So I'm the kid, you know, which um, you hear a lot that had a lemonade stand as a young kid. Uh, Not relatively a lemonade stand, but that type of kid. So whatever I could have got a hold of and tried to create stuff. My first business card I created when I was 13 years old um, because when my when we had a computer at home, when most of my friends were playing card games, I started developing, designing, and trying to you know play around with stuff that I could create. Yeah. So I was that entrepreneur um, um, spirit, which being a creator. And as soon as I started growing up and I said, you know, I want to do something, I had this pivotal moment where I thought to myself, I could do something, a transaction, I could create something and sell it, or I could do something that the person buying it will continue to make money off it. And that's where my passion towards 
design, branding, marketing. Of course, at that time, it wasn't like real full-fledged branding or marketing. It was more like graphic design. Yeah. So, But I figured, let's say, you're doing an event. Let me do the graphic design for your events. So I figured when I, I do that, not only I'm helping in designing that actual flyer, but the success the person has at the event, I could at least feel passionate about some of it that it was because I've created a flyer. Yeah, I love that. I think uh, I didn't really think about it till now, mm-hmm. but I, I was in a band for four and a half years before I got out of school and I was chasing freedom and creativity and those I was creating music. You know, I grew mm-hmm. up in, in church and music is part of my blood and um, w- the flyers were a big deal. Okay, because mm-hmm. MySpace and Facebook were just coming out at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we would create these flyers and the flyers became everything as far as getting people to the shows or how great the event was going to be or how cool it looked on the flyers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that just resonated with me. Um, didn't even think of it like that. Yeah. And, and that's how I started. And I figured at that point, uh, you know, we had a family business. I said, you know, I don't I, you know, great, great family. I'm pretty very hooked you know there's almost a day doesn't go by that i don't speak or visit my parents but ultimately i wanted to start something on my own i want to create something from from the ground up and this is my story you know we could go through the 20 years doing this what i'm doing now as a ceo of ptex group and everything in between but i didn't have multiple businesses in this journey at this point i am involved in multiple businesses but this is my core business and this is the office i'm sitting of course not this office but this is the company that I've built. And I love it because uh, my personal mission is I believe every person should be given the opportunity to succeed in life. And yeah. if you arrive at a destination where you have something you could offer to others, sometimes it's a job, sometimes it's the creative strategy, sometimes it's just a piece of advice. You want to be in that seat and give it because you're going to feel so much better at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's what drives me every single day, regardless if it's work we do for, um, um, you know, for large companies or it's a piece of advice I'll give a teenager or everything in between that that the premise of giving the people the opportunity, the business opportunity to grow is amazing because there's so much talent out there. There's so much creativity out there. Sometimes it's just a missing link that you could be there to support. Yeah, I love that. I, I think all the time about legacy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's my brand. That's my mm-hmm. long-term strategy, right? It's legacy, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just want to be known as a generous man. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be known, like, there's other things too, but that's a very important thing for me. Mm-hmm. And whether that's giving advice, you know, I used to used to be so poor, I'll be honest with you, that couldn't give much, but my time, you know, if someone needed help moving, sure, I can mm-hmm. be there physically and help them move or but I couldn't give a job. I couldn't give an opportunity. I couldn't give really a, a reference or a referral. I couldn't give a great brand or a great story to a you know a growing business. Um, mm-hmm. So now that I'm placed in a position to give, whether it's through talents or advice or experience, or it, it's the best feeling in the world. And mm-hmm. I think um, it's something that when you're building a brand with someone, uh, you know, there's multiple times now I'm not even touching it, and my team is executing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the client or the customer will respond um, just like, wow, I never believed like my little brand could look like this or, mm-hmm. you know, and they almost get emotional. We've had people crying you know, mm-hmm. on, on the mm-hmm. phone. And it's uh, it's just one of the most special feelings, I think. Uh, truly. Yeah. And I think that uh, two parts that I just uh, two points I want to mention. One is that nothing gives you this opportunity than being in the business world especially today with with social media on one side, live events and networking events that's happening on the other side. 
you just interact with so many different people on so many different levels. And that's that's one part in, in our community being in, in the creative space that you are and, 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 and I am with PTEX, we even have one layer is stronger than that because sometimes we are bringing out the best of a person, the best of their idea, the best of their business and saying, this is really what you sets you apart. This is really who you are. And the people will um, turn around and say, wow, we've done this for 10 years. I never said it the way that you just put it on paper. Yeah. You're going to see their strength, yep. you know, and you're reflecting back to them. Uh, what's amazing about themselves or their or their business or their mm -hmm. brand. And most people see, you know, we see the negative or we see the bad or we mm -hmm. see the problems. Mm -hmm. um, so there's nothing like that friend, right? Mm -hmm. Not that we're friends where we're in business, but mm -hmm. there's nothing like that friend that just points out and, and gives you that boost of confidence or really shows like, hey, you're so good at this or like, you know, gives you that opportunity. Um, and to be able to do that day in and day out, I think is, you know, incredible. Um, but branding alone, you know, and storytelling mm -hmm. and creative, uh, it can't run a business by itself. You know, there has to be strategy behind, you know, everything we're doing. I want to mm -hmm. go back into your story a little bit because sure. you jumped, you jumped fast. Okay. So <laughs> you're just like, okay, I started making flyers. And then 20 years later, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm running some of the biggest brands in the game, uh, helping them getting branded and storytelling, you know, storytelling in place and messaging mm -hmm. and all of that in between. Uh, I, at least I know, like when I started out on Amazon, no one cared about creative or branding. It was something that I was passionate about, but I couldn't get by in mm -hmm. the industry as a whole. Um, did you start in web? Did you start in like, you know, where, what was your kind of journey sure. getting getting to where you're positioned today? Correct. So we started graphic design, as I mentioned to you. Um, and as, as slowly but surely, I started seeing that if you're going to be just, you know, you could be the best graphic designer, but there's then you're not the cheapest. If you could, you could be the cheapest and not the best. Um, with graphic design, um, I, I started thinking of what is the outcome the graphic design piece will give the person, to give the business. And I started seeing people are looking for their, the outcome, not so much on the input. So we'll do a six-pager, we'll do a five-pager. So very, very early on, we started adding services to be the person, basically be your marketing arm as you're running the business and delegate the rest, you run your, you know, so that part. So your people are, are focused on servicing the client, operating and developing the finances, everything related, but how could we be that arm to be support you with all the different uh, services? So um, early on, it was strictly, you know, to, to give you the long version, we started graphic design a little bit into the process, believe it or not, it's not, not so much known in the in, in the business community outside of the people that use our service, we had a very interesting story. And I think there's a learning lesson there as well, where we had, we did a brochure for someone in the furniture business that was almost about to go out of business because manufacturing were, went all, all overseas and nobody wanted to do custom furniture in locally. And he went to a consultant and he spoke to the consultant. The consultant said, I have an idea. Let's create a brochure that will go out to uh, interior designers, custom high-end interior designers. They want to have a relationship locally because they want to have all these um, amazing ideas and they have somebody that could execute it for them. And what ended up happening is uh, the brochure, we did a brochure for them. The brochure came in and, and I wanted to call the client to let them know that it arrived. It was the 800 number on the back. I called call the 800 number. The wife picked up a few seconds. <laughs> booms! I lost the client. I lost the, the call. And a few minutes later, she called me back and I asked her, what's happening? She says, I was in the train station. So I asked her, 
wait a minute, if you're going to send out these beautiful brochures to busy people and you're not there to support them picking up the phone, there's no point. And she said, what should I do? I should sit home all day waiting for that phone call. And I said, how about I take one of my receptionists? They should pick up the phone for you. And that we added a whole wing of customer service with a call center. So the marketing initiatives we do, we could literally support you in picking up the phones because what's the point of doing marketing and you don't have the infrastructure to pick up those leads? You're not going to be able to keep them as a customer because you're going to lose them. Correct. And later on, we actually added web, as you mentioned before, because we wanted to have the full digital experience as well. And then eventually we added another another team, which is very focused branding and marketing. So it wasn't just graphic design. So as we speak, we help growing businesses flourish with those different services. So it's a la carte, which means is we look at your strategy. We look at the challenges you're facing. We come up with a plan that I would say 60% of our clients will use between two or three of those services. And then some of them will just use single services as they need. So answering the question as far as what happened in between is we constantly involved because a business that doesn't involve based on the needs of the customer that at one point you find out somebody else is taking their customer. Yep. So you got, you always have to figure out what is the pain point that maybe you're not solving that's so close to you, what you're already doing that you could solve. I love that. And it's exactly how I built Marknology. Uh, not to make a plug, but like it was honestly working with the brand. You know, in the early days, it was list some products. Okay, I'm listing products. You guys' photos are horrible. Like, you, mm-hmm. know, you guys need to get better photos or better graphics. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, where, where do I go to? And they're going to Fiverr. Or they're going to Upwork. Or they're hiring their sister's cousin's best friend, you know, or whatever the mm-hmm. case is. And, and the stuff was horrible. So in some uh-huh. cases, they would pay 10K for photo mm-hmm. set, and it was horrible. Uh, and so it was like, you know, if I'm going to keep this client and we're going to get sales, I need to start getting their photos right and their graphics mm-hmm. right. You know, so we, yeah. added a, we added a creative department. Uh, and then some of them were asking about social media. So, you know, we don't advertise that. I do that more for my own brands, but we pushed into that for a while and the market's just not ready. The, the brands we were working with, they don't understand how much effort goes into that to create real mm-hmm. photography, you know, at, at sure. a scale, but, it, but we added fulfillment services. Right. And we added the ability to create inserts, uh, because, you know, brands were like, uh, well, we're struggling with fulfillment. We can't get inventory into Amazon. We can't get good help. We can't, you know, that yada, 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 uh, well, that's how we're not going to keep them as a client. We're selling them out of product mm-hmm. as a marketing firm, uh, but they can't handle supply chain or fulfillment services. So from that all the way to, you know, international expansion or whatever we do, it's become, okay, my technology has become more full service, more full service, more full service. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of it is a la carte um, because of a need. It was a need sure. that if, if, the, if the brand is not going to fill these things, we're going to lose them to someone else or they're not going to do it and we're not going to win. Um, and so it becomes like when you put the customer first, uh, as an agency, at least, or as any kind of company, really, you put the customer first, similar to how Amazon does, right? Mm-hmm. Amazon oh, yeah. is one of the a marketplace that focuses on the customer first, and I'm trying to maximize sales on Amazon. So I'm going to think like them makes sure. a lot of sense to me. Um, but as we started doing that, it's why when I see a lot of these, like, you know, these firms, uh, maybe they just do ads. Maybe they just do creative. Maybe they just do SEO. And and I understand the why. It's very hard to run full service, uh, the account management side, the human side mm-hmm. uh, of getting along with brands and, and collaborating at a high level. Um, but they're going to lose them to someone that's that's doing it all. Because I think as companies start figuring out they're doing all these things, they're on Walmart, they're on Instacart, they're on Chewy, they're on all of these things. They're like, who can help me with all of this? Oh my God, there's so many moving pieces. 
And so being able to provide those and step in as a, as a friend, as a partner, you mm-hmm. know, being able, offering your, your assistant to answer the calls. That's, that's, that's an Andrew move. I love that. Yeah, I'll just add, um, I think it's an important, and I've spoken on this topic many on many other podcasts in the past, which people shouldn't confuse that you want to become the jack of all trades or doing uh, mediocre work across the board rather than being a specialist and doing something amazingly well. We're speaking about doing amazingly well all the different parts that your customer needs, and there is systems and processes how you develop a company to be able to offer that. You mentioned Amazon. Amazon has so many different wings in their business now, and they're trying to be doing amazingly well on all the different fronts. Why? Because they're separating their separate team members, separate structures and sector leadership and separate vision and mission that goes into that service. So it's all about getting, you know, similar that I use the analogy I use a lot is Whole Foods. Yeah. Once upon a time you go, you went somewhere to buy produce and another place to buy meat and then so on and so forth. And Whole Foods was able to do it because the person doing produce in Whole Foods doesn't touch the meat and the person touching the, doing the meat doesn't touch the grocery stuff and so on and so forth. But the customer experience is I come into one place and I'm able to get my services. And in our company, P-Tex, this is how we've developed it. The person running the call center now has zero to do with any of the creative work. However, when he needs to be brought in to the process, the customer knows that now we'll be talking about how we're going to be picking up the phones and what type of service integration you want to have with your infrastructure and so on and so forth. The same is with web. Not every designer is made to do web development, especially if it's complex websites with backend. We have a whole team on the website, but they will integrate with the branding team. What's your vision for the brand online? And now we'll take our UX experience, our UI experience, and mirror it with what you had envisioned on print. And now the client is getting the full experience. Wow. Did you Have you just been listening to all my podcasts? Uh, I told I you, I told you we have so much in common. That's how we well, started the ad episode. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly how I think. Uh, you know, on our kickoff calls, sometimes with clients, I, you know, every every one of my team members is like, you know, I work hand in hand with this department, and this department. We, you know, I was someone that learned all the things myself, mm-hmm. um, but just realized I'm not the best analyzer and the best creative and the best this and the best this. I needed to build a team with people that knew that that were better than me, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So. I learned it just enough to know what I needed, right? And then I brought in people that could stand alone and just be a creative. You know, mm-hmm. you can't have someone analyzing PPC mm-hmm. and then go be creative over here and come up with this outside the box story brand. You know, mm-hmm. it just, that's a different kind of thinking to be analytical versus being creative. And I think Marknology uh, is one of the few that's doing it well in regards to both. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, on Amazon specifically, you have custom creative now and mm-hmm. you have, you know, uh, the, the writing team, which is more of a creative service, in my opinion, and the mm-hmm. advertising go hand in hand. They should be talking about what's working, what's not. Um, so it's just this Amazon's its own beast in some ways, but it's very like we have separate teams from brand protection to case management to how can you have the guy on the phone with Amazon arguing about cases or issues with, with the Amazon's platform, then going and, and being creative with a photo shoot with babies or like things like that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that yeah. way, you know? So you really right. have to create to be excellent in each of sure. those areas. So I, I, want, I wanted to mention it because people shouldn't confuse the two and, and you're only able to expand once you're ready with that expansion. Totally. That's a very good idea. Very good comment. Um, you know, we didn't offer any website design or anything like that for years and years. And there was 
a lot of my competitors, uh, a lot of people I've seen making a lot of money uh, by by white labeling, you know, web design or things like that. But they didn't have control of it in their team. They weren't ready. They wanted to offer it because people were asking, but they weren't ready. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen them losing clients that they were doing well on the Amazon side, but, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship would go bad on the website. Sure. Uh, so they were great at sales but horrible at execution. So they weren't ready, you know, so Marknology, I feel like in a lot of ways, it's like a locomotive where, you know, it's been slow, it's been slow, but you know, the, the reputation has been quality, 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 and don't grow until you're ready mm-hmm. um, to be able to handle. It. So great points. Um, moving on from there. Okay. So you've created, like you kind of vertically integrated as you went uh, and said, okay, we need this service. We need to be able to do print direct mail, uh, maybe it's email design or web design, uh, now to Amazon, when did Amazon come into the picture? Yeah. So we did branding for, so at one point, uh, we, we serviced, uh, we did B2B, um, services and then nonprofit, um, work that we've done. And then slowly but surely we started also do, uh, doing branding for product, which is basically product branding. And in the earlier years, it, we went to big box retailers. It went to some of the direct to consumers. Um, you know, initiatives. At one point, um, we started hearing the word Amazon. We started seeing e-commerce sites pop- popping up. So we started developing some of those. And I remember still going to an event where I started speaking about branding to Amazon sellers, and they really laughed me off. And they said, you know, Amazon is all about the algorithm. You don't need packaging. You don't need um, fancy schmancy stuff. All you need is just prop it into a poly bag and just Give ship away. it. And that's about it. And I, my, my message to them at that point was that why do you, th- why when I ask you what you do, you say I sell on Amazon. I think you need to say I'm building a brand. My distribution channel is Amazon. And they laughed at me as well. And at one point, at one point, um, they started to sink in. And as Amazon platform became more brand centric, and you mentioned before that all about the customer. Who pushed Amazon to be more brand-centric? The consumers. Customers are starting to see, well, these are stuff that I can't trust. This is a brand I can't trust. This is a Chinese uh, a brand that somehow my product is electronics and somehow it blew up in my bedroom, whatever it is. So Amazon, in order to be able to make sure that the customers trust the platform, they started saying, okay, let's become more brand-centric. Let's give those platforms for those brands. Let's bring on the brands that they didn't, you know, for the first couple of years, the, um, you know, most of the brands, this, you know, just ignored Amazon. They say, you know, we're not going on their platform. I remember one of the brands that we work with, one of the Amazon uh, reps reached out to them and said, here's the data. How many people are searching your brand on our platform and you're not on the brand, on, you're not on our platform. So in the earlier years, that's how Amazon was trying to lure in those brands. And now I think it's, it's everybody will agree that, you got to focus on building brands. Of course, there is this could be a disagreement to what extent and how much you need to spend on it, how much off Amazon. But we all know Amazon rewards now off Amazon traffic. Um, um, sales that come off Amazon is building brand loyalty. On Amazon, it's all about the trust factor. If you position yourself as a proper brand in a category, you get that. So as we start seeing that wave, um, it wasn't wasn't easy. We started developing more and more our services around that. And slowly but surely, we got into that space. And to date, we've built over hundreds of those brands. I love it. I love it. And it makes so much sense. It's, it's hard for me not to just get excited about this because 
there's someone else that's experienced the same journey as myself, you mm-hmm. know? And um, for me, I, I had the opportunity to work with Adidas. Like, uh, so I've been doing Amazon services for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is probably like year three or four, you know, like in my early years, I was on Upwork. I worked with Adidas. Uh, they had a vendor account at that time, which was mm-hmm. how you got like, you know, brand registry one wasn't even a thing. I don't think, mm-hmm. uh, but they, if you had vendor central, you could create a plus content. They had all the access and, um, I got to see how great visuals work. You know, I got to see, uh, what great content was like. And I think that, you know, Amazon is a data platform and, um, you know, so they were getting Amazon in the early days with one P was going out and getting the brands as we know them, the Nikes, the Adidas, the Kleenex, the Coca-Cola's, whatever. They were getting the big brands in a human-human relationship, signing them, bringing their products to Amazon. But branding wasn't done on those products, right? They were big brands, but they weren't branding, right? Well, then fast forward from a different angle, because I think it's kind of meeting in the middle a little bit. So you have these big brands there, but with no branding, you had smaller brands, the Amazon seller. I started moving toward brands and manufacturers years ago because I got tired of beating my head against the wall with the Amazon sellers, Mm -hmm. honestly. I just got tired of them not being able to see long game, uh, not being able to see what's been around since the beginning of time, which is brands and storytelling. And, uh, you know, Amazon is just a channel, right? E-commerce envelops all of these things. Uh, And so, you know, what now the aggregators or anyone buying a brand, VCs, PEs, um, they're saying, oh, I want something that has a story, something that has a package, something that's Mm -hmm. branded. Well, anyone that was five years ago, 10 years ago, knew this already hmm. right so it was you know wh- what really matters and then you saw the chinese sellers you saw supplements coming out that were poisonous and all types of stuff mm-hmm. okay how do you build trust branding okay how do you sell a price uh, a product that's higher quality a higher price than everyone that's cheap on amazon branding and so the the smaller companies um that needed sales a little bit more hungry a little bit more passion a little bit more desire saw amazon as opportunity instead of a problem Mm-hmm. And they started focusing on these things, great graphics, photos. And, you know, these brands were beating these, what these brands, these smaller brands that were doing branding and storytelling were actually outranking these massive brands that have sure. overall branding. Right. And so it was kind of this meeting in the middle and either they're going to keep losing these big brands are going to keep losing market share. Uh, why these smaller ones are coming up and grabbing it because they're actually paying attention to those things um, mixed with, mixed with, uh, you know, China and counterfeit and all of these things. And so it's kind of really created just a, a perfect storm for us now in a position where we are mm-hmm. to be able to help so many people really do a good job on this. Um, but it was, it was that content, that early experience to me that was like, this is the way no matter what. And another time I'll share this. I think I even shared it at Prosper, but we launched a product that had a great story, a single product priced higher than everyone else. And the conversion rate was around 48%, couple years running. And wow. I saw the data, you know, and I was just like, the messaging is right. The story is right. It's transparent. We were talking about the founders and why they made it. It was a couple of moms, like why they made this product. And um, it just crushed it, right? Mm-hmm. And you just need a couple mm-hmm. of those, a couple of those light bulb moments to mm-hmm. be like, okay, what did we do here? Why did it work? And I should be doing this more with more brands. Yeah, because at the end of the day, at the end of the, the other side of the of the of the computer, there is a person, a human, actually clicking add to cart and actually checking out, which which sometimes we don't feel. You, know, you you could fool the algorithm to get it up and ranking, 
you could fool the algorithm and 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 how to look at your product but at the end of the day the trust factor and that conversion comes from the person feeling comfortable enough to make that purchase so the stronger your brand is positioned the better it is and the more chances you have to convey that once and then obviously if you have a proper product convey you know let the person come back again and again and again and tell their friends and tell everybody as if, because they have brand loyalty and, and i think that in, in my career being outside of amazon first like most of the conversations i had with brands that are building let's say private label brands for their retail establishment was the following we want to build a brand for this for this demographic for this and this reason for this and this pain point and this is why the products will be different and therefore go ahead and build a brand we all know that most of the Amazon sellers once upon a time didn't go that way. They go, they went just the opposite. They said, Helium 10, Jungle Scout, tell us which product I could sell for this amount of money and make this amount of profit. Who cares which category it is? Who cares why I want to sell this? For one reason only, because the algorithm, because you're giving me that data point. So we came a long way and it's okay to look that way because at the end of the day, you are relying on Amazon for, for the economics. But at one point, you have to at least you know, bridge the gap. And if you don't want to do first the branding, but at least once you know which category you're going to enter, now figure out how you could bridge that together with branding because it's so much stronger. As you mentioned before, we could see it with data. We could see it with conversions. We could see it with what customers are saying in reviews. We could see it with company, com people coming back. And a lot of the data is now available either on Amazon or on social media or people joining mailing lists, whatever it is. So I think nobody disagrees. I think where we still have this agreement in the space is people thinking a nice box means branding or a colored box means branding. I think people don't realize that the same as a human has a DNA, a brand has to have a DNA, which is exclusively for that brand. And it's important that that touch, that, that consistency is across every touch point with the brand. It doesn't Trust. start, correct. It doesn't start by the Amazon listing and end by the Amazon listing. You have to make sure that every touch point across the board, including the customer service rep that will answer an email, is speaking the same language, the same messaging that you see on the product, off the product, on social media, on the insert cards and everything in between. And also including the product development. If you want to be a premium brand, you can't speak that language. And ultimately, you don't care when you could save a couple of dollars in manufacturing and you cut in corners. So I think that's very important. And we're very blessed, companies like ourselves and companies like your company and your agency, where sometimes those those agency owner, those those brand owners just don't have that background, don't have that experience. They didn't go out and hire a CMO, CMO to do the work for them. And we are sometimes their partner and bringing that to light. I love that. And I think that's why I enjoy what we do so much. Um, I, have a I have a question for you before sure. we do. Uh, shout out to our sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Um, you know, listening to you made me just think like, I think it's a cliche saying, but, you know, the truth will always find, find you out. Right. And it's like, so, so I went to school for computer science, networking and security. Uh, I got a bachelor's in, in security and, and, you know, vulnerabilities. Right. And so looking at hacking a system, hacking an algorithm, mm -hmm. cheating an algorithm, right, is ultimately also cheating the customers because they're not actually getting the best product based on how the system was intended. They're getting the best product based on what you think they should buy. Mm -hmm. That's 
if you just take a step back from that, mm -hmm. can you understand how, how that's so wrong? Not just morally, mm -hmm. just it's not going to last, right? And it's, we're talking. It, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not sustainable. I know the title of this is is looking at long term. You know, how many sellers were six, very successful, eight figures, nine figures, and they're not around now, because everything they stood for was trying to hack the algorithm. And at one point, either Amazon finds out or the customer finds out as something comes down crashing. If you build a brand, of course, you still have to figure out what Amazon wants in keyword research and in what language to speak and making sure you're in the proper categories and everything that needs to happen, of course. However, you're building something for the long run. You're looking at not only the short term, you're looking something. And this is the first question I ask when people come to me and says, is, that, is branding important? The second, my response to that will always be, are you looking to make something a quick dollar or you're looking to build something sustainable for you and maybe a legacy or maybe an exit later down? And that's if you were looking at something a little bit more than short term, that's where branding comes in because you're building something. You want to have that system, that process. What type of products I'm going to be going after? What type of um, customer base I'm going to go after? And so on and so forth. So to answer your question um, in, in, in point blank, absolutely, it's not sustainable. Yep. And I think that's why, honestly, like me trying to seek out the customers that I want, getting my messaging right, has mm -hmm. led me to to brands and manufacturers because, uh, you know, brands and manufacturers that already have a brand, are they're not going anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. They're not looking to just build and exit. And branding is something that is long game just mm -hmm. by its, its general disposition. You mm -hmm. know, branding is not something you don't brand something for six months and then it's done. Like, right. It's something that takes a long time. It's consistency and trust. Those things aren't earned overnight. You can't, yeah. even with the best branding in the world, you can't launch a product and, and have a brand uh, overnight. It takes mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're speaking about long long game. Um, I just want to mention, some people will say, I don't know what's going to happen in five years from now. So why should I think that far out? And the answer to that is, guess what? You're going you're gonna to have an asset that has much more, you, you have much more um, um, directions to do, you know, to go with it down the road if you build it right from the get-go. So maybe you don't know what's going to happen five years from now, but five years comes and you want to exit and you're going to say, oh, I should have built this brand stronger five years ago because then the, my asset would be more worth. So if you want to maximize the asset, regardless of what you plan to do at about, at, in five years from now or three years from now, whatever it is, if you do it right, you'll have more options and, and it will work to your favor down the road as well. I think the same thing as building a house, right? Sure. And I know there's... There's biblical references to that that I'll leave alone, uh -huh. but you know, it comes to building a solid foundation, right? And sure. if you buy a house and you're just like, you're in it for five years and you just stay there, you might still get a big exit if the market's gone up or like, you know, you might, you might more, uh, be able to refinance or sell your house and make mm -hmm. some money, but you're going to stand a much higher chance if you've been making improvements across those five years, right? Sure. You're sure. improving the outdoor lighting or the, the yard and the grass and, you know, the fence is, is well-maintained. And so whenever you go to the, to exit that house, they're going to be like, wow, it's had a great owner. Absolutely. You know. So that's the same thing with businesses. It just gives you options. And I think that as I was learning this on Amazon, as someone that's had to learn, you know, my business acumen over the last 11 years or so is, is not something I didn't grow up. I grew up in a nonprofit house. My dad was a missionary, you know, so mm -hmm. I saw him doing hustles and business, but in kind of a different way and with not profit first, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, but as I was learning, I saw, okay, so to, to win on Amazon, because I was given a lot of like brands that were the more of the David and Goliath story than, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was, we had to come up with something great to win. I said, 
okay, my business model, which is a B2B model, Marknology, okay, I want to take these same principles that are working on Amazon on the one-to-one level and start adding them to my business. So transparency, authenticity. I wanted to start creating content, giving it away for free uh, to create value and, and trust with me. The podcast, uh, you know, speak, giving value for free. This podcast is free for anyone listening, and this is gold. You know, some people pay some of the hosts on here, I'm sure many, um, sometimes hundreds, thousands of dollars for an hour conversation about what we're talking about. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? So these were the things that were like, okay, this is who I am naturally. I just didn't know I was going to tell my story that way, but it's working on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to bring in, in a space where marketing companies aren't trusted that much uh, because there's a lot of shady ones and the Amazon space was fly by night and a lot of black hat. At least when I first started, it was just black mm-hmm. hat, black hat, black hat. It was very difficult. I said, I'm going to go the complete opposite direction. I'm going to go complete opposite direction. Think about how to stay white hat, how to stay out of trouble. Uh, you know, how to be a brand. Uh, I want the brands that care about what they're building to come to me, not the ones that are willing to try these hacks and things that might get them a short win, but that longer game play. And um, mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, when you're, when you're figuring these things out, you don't know if that's going to be the right move or not. Telling my story on my website, I didn't know if it'd be the best thing or not, right? I work with family. Uh, some of these things that maybe in the business world are frowned on or looked at as a certain way. Uh, but for me was, that's my story. That's my, that's my authenticity. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think these things really, really matter. And what I can, what I just keep hearing repeating over and over and over is, is that trust part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what is something, what is something that you're working on now? Um, you're always adding, like always trying to improve, adding different verticals and things like that. Like, what are you guys working at internally as a team? And what would you say like is a focus for e-commerce and Amazon sellers in the future that they should be working on? Sure. So um, in the Amazon e-commerce space, obviously it's, it's, it's not going away. It's only going to get stronger and stronger. And the people that are very intentional about what they do Great word. Are, the, are the people that they're going to be successful um, in the next, uh, you know, five to 10 years. So what I'm doing now is um I, I've been seeing, um, you know, obviously we mentioned before about the aggregator space where you see a lot of, you know, that came in a boom. I think it's by now it's about $14 billion in the last two years that came into the space in order to buy up Amazon. I think, brand. It's, I think it's more than that. I think more it's in the that. 20s. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what we're seeing is um, I've seen a lot of shady stuff, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as we say. Um, and I got involved as an advisor. So, so sellers know is the timing right? Is the brand ready? And if yes, how to go about the process so they're not finding themselves that they signed the LOI that is not to their benefit. Um, so sometimes it's just creating a plan for the next six months where you're going to be focusing on cleaning up your bookkeeping, knowing, getting rid of the products that are the low margins, uh, cleaning up, uh, making sure that you have some presence outside of Amazon, whatever it is. So I work with those sellers and I offer that as free working with those sellers uh, first as in a consultation format. And if there's anything there to work with, I would continue having a, a, a plan or some of them are ready for an exit. I would work on their behalf so they don't have to take off the feet from the pedal. That's more on, on the ecosystem on Amazon. And what I like to say is that you got to make sure that as much as you look, you focus on the now. You focus on the future, um, as you the, the you know the the big you know the long term gain, and and what that means is understanding regardless if you want to exit your business or not, what will add benefits 
or what will take off. And by now, myself be, being dealing with the aggregators and seeing businesses that are very successful and profitable on Amazon, but still getting denied from a purchase for very specific reasons, I've taken all those learnings and I've been able to apply it to potential new people that I work with to say, where do you have any design patents? No, why not? Well, we could file, we just never thought it's important. Guess what? Your valuation will go up. Um, do you have any backup? Um, um, do you have any backup suppliers? No, work on that because that will help uh, your your valuation. Do you have any? Do you, did you focus on your on your website? I find out the website was only done in order to get approved with brand registry. No, build it in a way that people could literally subscribe to your email because they trust the brand. Insert cards. Any of those things will add to your bottom line, regardless if you want to sell now or not. So having that mindset, understanding what really are the triggers and understanding that where you are in your journey is very important because that puts things, clarity is important. The most important thing for, an, for a, a business owner is clarity. The second yeah. most important thing is focus, but you can only focus if you have clarity where to focus on. Otherwise, you could find yourself focusing on the wrong things. So that's where my, my, my focus personally is. My business, my team's focus is just knocking out brands, working with those brands, being at their side as they're expanding, as they're adding other channels, as they're making presentations to big box retailers and getting the products there. But more importantly is one of the beauties now we've seen with Amazon, you could test. You could test on Amazon. You could do testing off Amazon with different places. And that's these are the services that we're trying to zoom in and to see what that data is giving us. A-plus content every few weeks. Amazon comes up with some new feature, cool feature. We always have to be in front of that because you never know. And guess what? It's all about the it's a numbers game. If you, if you increase your conversions with 1%, for some people, that might be thousands of dollars a month. Mm. And, and the same infrastructure, you're not adding any cost, you're not adding anything, but you're seeing it in the bottom line. So you always have to be, keep keep on improving. I love it. That was amazing. And mm -hmm. uh, man, we are aligned. Uh, that's mm -hmm. all I got to say. Everything from, you know, honestly, on my end, just a little bit differently than the consulting is we've taken on a few clients where um, we're building them to exit or preparing them to exit and getting, we're partnering with them on that, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe lower costs to help them get there, but we're getting a percentage on the exit, you know, based Very on cool. goals or different things like that. So that's been something that's exciting for us. It feels like, you know, because typically if we're building a brand and then they exit, it's like we're we're crushing it. Uh, and mm -hmm. then they, they get taken from us, right? And so those are devastating. And then, and then some sort of interim takes over your work. <laughs> right. So th with this model, you know, we're building them to exit. And then when they exit, you know, we feel like we, we, we win together uh, yep. and it, it motivates us more in that regard. But the other thing you said, just like, think like the customer that's buying the business, right? So think like the equity firms, think like the aggregators, what are they looking for? If they're looking for, if they're going to say, Hey, our growth levers are international expansion. Our growth levers are leaning up. Our growth levers are. Uh, you know, we're going to rebrand the packaging and the inserts, then think of those things ahead of time. You don't need to have a yes from them to start working on those things that you know are the right things to do anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think all of that advice was absolutely spot on. Um, I love that you guys, you know, handhold all the way into the box retailers and things like that. I think that's something that's, that's very unique, uh, you know, especially from the e-commerce side. Um, I had something a little bit off topic, but Amazon just released creative services, I mm -hmm. think a few months back. Yes. Uh, and they're listing certain agencies um, 
to be in the partner program. Is that something you guys are considering? So once they, they did have the directory already on other services as well, and we actually was playing around with it um, based on what we heard from others. If you have a very niche down service, um, sometimes it might be very good because let's say you knock out A, a plus content and stuff like that. If you're a little bit more on the higher end where like, like both of us, where we really focus on the bigger picture, um, you're not going to win business on, on price. So our, you know, our legion and our, uh, you know, the way we acquire customers is by conversations like this or speaking at events that we're speaking about um, or even speaking to our clients or even offering them free consultation to just analyze where the brand is. Um, sometimes on those directory, what ends up happening is a lot of increase come in and they don't convert as expected. And what ends up happening, it takes off our people from focusing on the right type of client. Got it. Got it. But for some people, this is, is amazing. Like I know even just on trademarks, you know, those trademarks attorneys that Amazon refers business to and all they need to do is knock out trademarks. It's amazing. Yeah, smart. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's a huge revenue pipeline for a lot mm -hmm. of them. Sure. Um, Manny, this has been amazing. I can't wait to see you next week. We'll grab a bite or mm -hmm. sit and, and watch a lecture together. I think you're speaking, right? Is that correct? I'll, I'll be emceeing the event. Okay, for, you'll see for me. For the second year, yeah. Yeah, you'll see me there. Anyone that's following our content, I'll make sure to post. Um, sure. And before we sign off, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Fullscale, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Find them on Facebook and our Startup Hustle group chat or check out our YouTube content. We wouldn't be here without our sponsors being able to pr produce the show, push the show, market the show, and bring on great guests like many. So um, thanks again to Full Scale. Many, uh, just absolutely loved everything you had to say. Uh, a lot of times there's you hear a lot of Amazon conversations that you're just – you know, you tolerate, uh, you know, <laughs> because there's a different thinking uh, on, on the way to go about things. But I think today was just like, wow, I couldn't have said it better myself. So um, absolutely love what you guys are doing there and um, can't wait to connect again. It's my pleasure. Thank you. See you later, guys. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.